Morning! This is The Economy Guy by Tom Harvey. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics. And this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them. And occasionally, my opinion. I want this to be educational for yourself so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy. Welcome. This is Sunday, May 2nd, and this is The Economy Guy with your market wrap-up to start today's show. The Dow Jones 30 ended at 23,724, down 50 points, basically no change. 10-year Treasury, 0.64%, slightly up, basically no change. Gold, 1704, slightly down, but highly volatile, slightly no change. The VIX, 37, about the same, no change. Everything was volatile this week. But let's talk about the interesting market, oil. Oil ended the week at 20 bucks a barrel. It was as low as 11 bucks a barrel. And uh, there are some interesting things that happened. Uh, Diamond Offshore Drilling filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Well, if you're drilling offshore, it has to be bad news. So anyway, they're going out of business. Carl Icahn, he's a big-time investor, for those of you who know him, personal friends, I hope you are, is, uh, has a company called CVR Energy who bought the negative $40 a barrel futures markets May closing because he had storage to put the oil in. He loved it. He's making a fortune. Smart guy. West, West Texas Intermediate... Uh, when you drill it, you have to be making somewhere, depending on the well, between 23 bucks and 36 bucks a barrel on selling it in order to break even. Those are your overhead costs. If you're drilling a new well, you have to be making more than 50 bucks a barrel to be making money. Does that give you an idea on why the oil market is in such trouble? Stay tuned. Coming back, going to talk about the virus next. For the virus update, as the world starts to go back to work, isn't that interesting? So where do we stand? You ever heard of a, uh, some, a, an over-the-counter heartburn medicine called Pepcid, P-E-P-C-I-D? Well, the biggest hospitals in New York City are performing a test on whether it will kill the virus and help people. We'll have the results in about two weeks. Now they've been keeping this quiet for a long time because they don't want to run on this heartburn medicine. It might give you a heartburn. I don't know. This medicine was used in China, incidentally. Kind of interesting. Now there are 284 clinical tests uh, for uh, what can fight this virus going on in the United States today. Uh, there must be hundreds of billions of dollars of profit coming to somebody. So why would so many people be ch chasing so many solutions? Uh, there are currently over 1.1 million Americans infected with this virus. But there's clearly not enough testing, so we really don't know how many people have it. I may remember when there was a quarter million, I said, what if five times that, which is where we are now, had it? 
And uh, now I'll just say, what if five times of this has it? So that means over maybe closer to six million people have the virus in the United States. But we don't know. We need testing to find out. There's a pharma company called Moderna that has signed a contract with the National Institute of Health to create and build a one billion doses of a vaccine of uh, mRNA-1273. Interesting. I haven't heard that there's an effective vaccine out there, but somebody's uh, signing a contract to build one. That's you, because you are the government, aren't you? Now we're going to cross the line into what's going on in the economy, but it certainly has to do with the virus, and that is meatpacking. Oh, 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 did you know that there are 17 meatpacking plants in the United States that are closed, closed, closed? They include some Tyson plants, Smithfield plants, Cargill plants, Conagra plants, JBS plants, and a bunch of others. Um, and did you know that we are importing beef from Namibia? That's inferior to American beef, which is the best in the world, except if you're from Argentina. And that because the slaughterhouses uh, can't slaughter, because the meat packers can't pack, uh, the, the farmers who have cows are going to be told to possibly slaughter their cows and just get rid of the carcasses. That's awful. That's crazy, in fact. Don't you think? Okay, well, that's it. Stay tuned. We're going to have some interesting oddball news of what's going on. Oddball news. The Villages, Florida, is a retirement community, and it has the highest median age in the United States of America. Lots of old people live here, yet it has a very low virus rate. Here are the numbers, kind of interesting. First of all, there's 130,000 adults that live in the Villages, but we have less than 100 cases of the virus. That's not deaths, that's just cases of it. That's healthier than any other place in the United States that I've ever heard of, unless there's none in some county somewhere. Uh, the Villages covers three different counties, which is kind of interesting. It's big and it's nice, but it must be have good water or something because it's healthy here. Oh my gosh. Onward here. Blackwater is a uh, investment company, famous one, and they predict that we will have a major hit to our GDP because of the virus. And they say, however, it will be less than the hit that our economy got during the 2008 financial meltdown. That's interesting to think about. Why did they think that? I personally don't agree with that. I think it'll be far worse. Okay. Gasoline consumption. There's an interesting thing is that uh, we know it's low. People aren't driving, right? Well, how low is low? Well... Did you know the gasoline is measured in barrels? That's because it comes from oil, right? But normally, pre-virus days, about 9 million barrels per day of gasoline was sold. Today, it's 5 million barrels per day. So uh, it gives you a feeling that roughly we're using about half the gas in the United States as before. Fed Chairman Powell important person in our life, has said, and this is a quote, the second quarter 
will be the worst ever. And when he says worst ever, he means in the universe, ever. And uh, that to me is a red flag. Red flag, red flag. You know when I say red flag, pay attention. When the Fed chair says something that negative, pay attention. Here's fun, fun thing. The silver-gold ratio. Ah, how many uh, pieces of silver can you get for a dollar compared to a piece of gold? Well, it's currently 112 silvers to one gold. Never before in thousands of years has it ever been that high of a number. Ever. Thousands. That means the Roman era, the Greek era. Uh, we have a big, long history of silver and gold because it's been used for a long time, you know, and a lot of records have been kept. So that's interesting, I think. Uh, in the good old days, it's typically not 112. It's between 10 and 20. More recently, this century, it's between 50 and 80. This is uh, interesting. So either uh, gold has to go down or silver has to come up in order to bring this ratio back. If you believe in that ratio at all, some people do, some people don't. Just an interesting oddball thing. Consumer confidence. Did you know that it is correlated, statistically correlated, to the S&P 500 index? Yes, it is. And did you know that it has now, with the virus, decorrelated? Yes, consumer confidence is way down. Down, 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 down. Whereas the S&P 500 is just down a little. They have decorrelated. Which means confidence has to come back up or the S&P has to fall further. Which one do you think is coming? Stay tuned. I'm going to talk about Europe mostly and a little bit about the rest of the world. Uh, Europe and the rest of the world. Let's start in Japan, in fact. The Bank of Japan, that's their central bank, is uh, buying up uh, Japanese government bonds and Japanese corporate bonds. And this is business as usual in Japan. So nothing new there, except that they're continuing to buy more and more. And that is exactly what the Fed is doing in the United States. And that's why everyone says there's no problem with the Fed having quantitative easing, because that's what the Fed calls that. But uh, you might just call it monetization if you're into that kind of thing. Okay, how about Europe? European Central Bank predicts that GDP is going to be down uh, 5 to 12% in the first quarter this year. Numbers haven't come, quite come out yet. They're almost out. And uh, they have uh, lowered interest rates that they lend money to their European banks at minus one-half percent. Crazy. Call me crazy, but lending at negative interest rates does not sound good. Now, here's some real GDP figures. The, uh, in France, the GDP is down 5.8%. In Spain, it's down 5.2%. Official numbers. Well, official numbers are typically revised. So how official is a revised number? I don't know. Okay, how about this one? Uh, European consumer loans are down 30% in the first quarter. And mortgages in Europe are down 66% in the first quarter. But corporation demand for loans is up 
80% companies are in trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just some statistics to give you food for thought. Europe is in as much trouble as the United States, but we have bigger hammers to hit these nails with than they do. So they probably will not work out as well there. Next, I'm going to have a special discussion about what Warren Buffett is thinking. On to Warren Buffett. What is he thinking? Interesting. First of all, he has a philosophy, and that is capitalism works great if you have marketable market skills. In other words, the market wants you. They pay you well for that. But if they, you don't, they don't. And that era, there is a huge gap between the rich and the poor in the United States. Did you know the GDP is around $40,000 per person? And uh, he thinks that the poor are not getting their fair share of that. They need to be brought up more, that the gap is widened too much. And he has a solution to how to narrow the gap. First, he says we should increase the income tax credit for the poor not increase the minimum wage. That won't work, in according to Warren Buffett. Okay, that's an interesting thing. Next, we should uh, tax the highest earners higher than they are being taxed, even though they are high, the highest tax people. We should increase it. He's in that category, incidentally. I mean, he's probably the most successful investor in the world. Um, and here's an interesting one. We must stop our deficit spending by the government. He is truly anti-deficit spending. Fascinating. Uh, now, did you know that Warren Buffett, his company, Hathaway, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, has, uh, let's see, it's $128 billion in cash sitting in the bank. Well, probably cash equivalent things, but uh, because if he can get a half a percent interest on something, he'll get it. Um, $128 billion is a lot, and uh, so why does he uh, have it in cash? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What is he planning to do? What, did you know that he sold all of his airline stocks? He probably sold them at a loss because they had a big crash in March. Um, that doesn't stop him from doing anything. He said what, when he sells, he sells everything. Uh, he prefers buying companies, but he'll buy shares of companies. Uh, so does that mean having $128 billion, does that mean he's not buying stocks because they're not cheap enough? Hmm, buy low, sell high. Hmm, I'm thinking about this for a second because whatever Warren thinks, we should all be thinking. That's it on Warren. Stay tuned. to the U.S. economic news. 3.8 million more unemployment claims have been made this last week. That's a total of 30 million people have made claims. Now, uh, those people are getting about $600 a week for unemployment payments now, which in my opinion is a disincentive for some of those people to go back to work. Huh, I wonder if anybody thought of that. Anyway, <sighs> Did you know consumer spending is down 34%, which is the biggest ever since World War II? That's a big red flag. I consider that a red flag. Red flag, red flag, red flag.
flag. Consumer loans, what's going on there? Well, mortgages are down 66%, and uh, private loans are down uh, 30%, and that's in the first quarter. So what's going to happen the second quarter? It doesn't be that bad because people want more money. Anyway, I don't know why. But mortgages are a problem, the whole mortgage area. Okay. GDP was down 4.8% in the first quarter in the United States. Not bad, but it was the biggest fall since 2008. In other words, it was more in 2008 than it was the first quarter. But, listen to this but, it's a good one. It's projected that GDP will be down 40%, that's 4-0, in the second quarter. That is earth-shattering if it's anywhere close to true. I mean, that's an earthquake-shattering, earth-shattering. It is. Watch out for the cracks in the ground. It just might eat you up. <sighs> now, uh, credit card spending in the United States is down 25%, not good for credit card companies, right? But the savings rate of the population is up to a 39-year high which in my opinion is not a big deal because the U.S. Is, has one of the poorest records for saving money of any nation around. We do not are good at, we are not good at saving money. So, so be it. But that's a good sign. People are saving it rather than spending it. <sighs> regional banks, regional banks, how are they doing? Well, here's an indication. Uh, they have increased their loan loss provisions Nine and a half billion dollars. These are just the small regional banks, not the big guys. Uh, and they did that in April. And now that it's May, I bet they all have more coming. But what do they see? Why are they increasing their loan loss? I mean, this is a, a prediction of some bad news in the future. That's what a loan loss provision is. Think about that. Uh, and God bless the Fed. The Fed... Repo rates for banks is now negative. That's crazy. So uh, the Fed is indeed using negative interest rates now, something I never thought they could do, something they cannot legally do for other types of interest rates other than repo, but they are using as much as they can do right now. Stay tuned. This is my wrap-up for today. I really want to project my feelings and thoughts about the future. What does the post-virus world or the semi-virus going-away world look like, economically speaking? Well, we can get a feeling for this by thinking about what happened in China. And uh, there are some things which are worth considering. China. Uh, China has uh, recovered, right? I mean, they're way ahead of us, a couple months ahead of us in this virus fight, right? Well, so if we look into what does a, a couple months from now look like, China, their restaurants are uh, down about 10% in revenue than what they were post-virus, or pre-virus, pre-virus, pre-virus. But... Uh, That's, which is horrible. Uh, Macau, 
that's a gaming center. That's where a lot of uh, gaming goes on. Their revenues are down 97%. That's two months after the virus is done, right? Um, think about Las Vegas. Uh, not good. Not good. Um, also, in China, trains and airports are basically empty. People are afraid there, right? It's kind of the signs of the time. And is that predicting our future? There is a, a strong loyalty to local shops in China. Those are the ones that have stayed open and kept people alive due to gratitude and goodwill. Is that going to be permanent? I suspect it'll last a long time. I don't know how permanent permanent has to be to be called permanent. But it isn't like everybody stops going to the big chain stores that closed. Uh, Chinese are saving money like crazy because they stayed at home and they couldn't spend it, right? Uh, but they're saving it because they have a big insecurity of their jobs. And so they're saving for an unknown future. That's an interesting psychological thing. And they are buying everything else online. Uh, I believe that is a true sign of the times. Now that's China. What's going on here? Goodness gracious. Well, repricing is going on in the United States. I don't know about you, but uh, goodness gracious, I mean, when you think about it, uh, oh, how are we going to get enticed to go back into the retail area, if not lower prices? Or will the lack of rent cause rents to go down? Mm, don't know. Possibly in some cases. Amazon products are uh, going up. My personal observation. I'm buying things time after time. Each time I buy them, the price is higher. Have you noticed that? I've noticed that, especially food items or sanitary items. Not good. The U.S. service sector drives growth and employment in the United States. Did you know that? That 86% of the population, the working population, is in the service sector. 86%. But the virus stopped it dead in its track, especially the service sector. Uh, what is it really going to take for people to go back? Customers, because it takes customers to have a company, right? Customers have to feel safe. Safe. S-A-F-E, safe. That's what will keep people from going back. And there's a lot of extra work necessary by companies to keep them people to even consider start being safe, and that extra work costs money. That means less profits. Uh, that's the future world we're looking at today. So we're food for thought for all of you. Stay tuned for next week's exciting news because the news keeps happening, especially in today's wonderful market. Love you guys out there. Goodbye. Thanks for joining me. And be sure to hit the subscribe button to get future podcasts. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor myself, not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market, and that I disclaim any responsibility from any negative effects of decisions made by people. <laughs>